the weekly podcast from Harvest Christian Fellowship Church. For more teaching or to find out more about the life of Harvest CFC, please visit our website at harvestcfc.com. I want to continue on with this series because I really feel it's important in this season that we're in because I was thinking this week about this whole thing to do with hope. And uh, the anchor of hope in particular, the fact that we have this incredible promise and vow made by the Lord in Hebrews chapter 6. I'm not going to read the whole thing tonight, but I want to zero in on one particular part in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 and 19 out of the Passion Bible. And this is the part I want to really zero in on tonight. He, this is 6.18, he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. Listen, he has enabled us, empowered us, given us everything we need to seize what has already been established ahead of time. An unshakable hope. We have this certain hope. So God has actually empowered us with this certain hope. He's actually given us this unshakable hope that we get to anchor ourselves to the mercy seat in heaven with. We're connected to God through this mercy seat connection, and we are able to come into God's presence at any time, at any moment, with everything that we have on our hearts and minds. We can approach God boldly, it says, approaching the throne of grace. So if God has already empowered us to seize this hope, then what could possibly stop us from placing our hope in God and His promises no matter what? What could actually stop us from doing that? Now, we could easily get to the point where we say, well, the enemy could do that. Well, yes, he could, but the enemy, it says in Scripture, is actually under our feet. So we have the ability and the power to stand against the enemy, to stand against the enemy's schemes, to be able to say no to the enemy's tactics to try and get us not to have hope. So ultimately, it comes right down to two things only, and that is free will and personal choice. And they're both actually the same thing, but we have to exercise choice. And we do that out of a free will. God has not given us this uh, this free will just so that we can go through life and do our own thing. God has given us the free will so that we can appreciate God's mercy and grace, all that he has done for us. We can actually, because of this, this freedom that we have, we can actually look at, examine, and see everything about Scripture, everything that's true, everything that's been woven through the seasons of time. When you think about all the mysteries of God, and you think about Old Testament, New Testament, and think how it all fits together, and how the story continues all the way through, and is still continuing on today. We get to look at that through a free will lens and be able to make a decision that it's right and it's true that Jesus Christ did what he said he would do when he paid the ultimate price for our freedom. So we have this choice, which is a wonderful gift, isn't it? Isn't choice a wonderful gift? To be able to make a choice about what you believe, what you give yourself to, what you hope for. So we've already concluded in our scripture references up to this point that Jesus, that is himself, is our hope. He is the hope in person. Uh, We're not talking about some sort of uh, out there kind of mystical thing about hope. We're talking about the actual person of Jesus is our hope. He's the mercy seat himself. So we get to approach the mercy seat when we need mercy. And I want to tell you something. We all need mercy more than we think we do. 
We all need to know that this God is always looking for the opportunity to interject in our lives, always looking for the opportunity to speak into our lives, always wanting to help us in our times of need. He's always got this compassionate grace towards us, this favor out of his mercy for us. He's compassionate. He loves us. And he wants us to know that we can come to him yeah. with anything. But we have to make the choice. So my scripture talk title tonight is Choose the Way of Hope. Choose the Way of Hope. Because you get the privilege of choosing the way of hope. It's an incredible gift that God has given you. So we've established that this Jesus, of course, is the mercy seat. So therefore, we always know that we're going to find mercy when we come into his presence, not judgment. Many of you know that God himself knows everything about us, every single detail, everything you've ever done wrong, but yet he still chooses that when we come into his presence, not to zero in on all the things we do wrong, he zeroes in on the facts that he has got great plans for us, and he wants us to be free from the things we do that are wrong, and he wants us to move into the freedom so that we can move into the greater grace that he has for us for the future. He knows exactly what you need in life. He knows the greatest desires of your heart. He knows what where you're at. He knows what will make you satisfied and fulfilled. And so therefore, he's not going to be looking at the things that are wrong with us. He's looking for the things that we've really engaged with and already given our hearts to, already given our lives to, and say God and God says, I want to empower that. I want to empower you with the ability to keep hoping yeah. even when everything else looks hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of the, the crux of the matter. So it's on this, the merits of his mercy that our unshakable and certain hope is established. It's available, but it's not always automatic. It is a, actually a response in us to our circumstance, our situation in life. We actually have to be willing to access this certain hope. We have to actually believe that we can approach the throne of grace, actually make the effort to go, God, I want you to come into my situation and my circumstance. I'm not just going to take it for granted that you're going to fix everything or do everything or work everything out the way it should. I'm actually going to come to you and I'm going to believe and ask. Choice. Yeah. We get to pray. You get to pray. Isn't that a great privilege? I love the scripture. It says in Matthew 21 to 22, it says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. We all love that scripture because it's so complete. Whatever you ask. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. But then we also have this proviso, which seems to be this thing in Scripture. You always have to look for the small print because sometimes there's God's bigger picture behind the scenes. And I love this because it says in 1 John 5.14, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. I love that because you know what? That takes all the risk factor out. So when you come to God in prayer and you say, God, I am praying and believing that you're going to answer my prayer, you can be sure that as you come to God, even with our most self-centered prayers, God is going to say, okay, I hear you, but that's not according to my will because my will has got something more and something better, something different than what you're anticipating. What you're trying to focus in on right now is not necessarily where I'm taking you. So therefore, do you trust me? Do you trust me? So we come to God with confidence. Yes, we approach him with confidence, full confidence, because we believe that God's big enough to hear our, our greatest prayers, but yet God is willing to listen to us and then put things in motion according to his own will, because that's better for us in the long run. So I can exercise my faith and place all my hope in God for him to answer my hope-filled prayer. 
but I still have to yield to his will. Yes. Many of you know that too is choice. Yeah. A choice that we all get to make every single day when God doesn't do what we want him to do. When God doesn't answer our prayers the way that we'd like him to. When God doesn't come through the way that we expected him to. Then we have to say, okay God, I am yielding now by choice to your sovereignty and to this whole idea of you leading me according to your will to work all things together for good. I always think to myself, it's always great to be able to uh, acknowledge that God, we want to yield to God's will in our talk. But it's a big difference when it comes down to our walk. As we walk it out, and it's not going the way we expected or the way we anticipated or the way that we wanted, then we have to be able to say, okay, God, I am still submitting to your will in my everyday walk. That's being cognizant of God being God. It's really all about what has happened to us in our past. And I think we have to understand that often in our lives, we get our hopes deferred, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And it's usually because hope deferred only actually happens whenever you actually were convinced that the hope that you had was something God had already set up as part of our future. (laughs) So when you thought that this was the way it was going, when you anticipated that God was doing something in your life, when you actually had this idea or even a prophetic word somewhere that God gave you that perhaps did not work out the way you expected, you actually had an expectation that this was the way it was going to go. And then when it doesn't, that's called hope deferred. That is hope being set apart, set aside. So often our hope has been inspired by a word or a promise from God, and it looks like God's fingerprints are all over it. So when it fails, we're not only disappointed about the outcome, but we're also disappointed in God. Because God, I thought this is the way it was going. I thought this is the way it was going to shape up. I thought this would be the outcome. You know, sometimes we envision what we think it's going to look like, and when it doesn't quite look the way we expect, then we get this hope deferred. In fact, Scripture says... In uh, Proverbs 13:12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So deferred hopes don't just mess with our minds. They also negatively impact our physical and spiritual heart. Deferred hopes stop us choosing the way of hope. We think, I won't be disappointed if I don't hope. This is not our proviso. We say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to put my hopes in God anymore. I'm not going to hope for that anymore. I'm not going to hope for the best anymore. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be, you know, one of those guys that, yeah, sure, I might hope for the best, but I'll prepare for the worst because that's usually the way it goes. The problem is with that, of course, the cost. When we decide that we're not going to trust God in the future and put our hope in Him because of deferred hope, then the cost is totally crippling and we become absolutely faithless. Hope in its truest form is to trust for the best, optimistically expect a a good outcome, anticipate a blessed journey, look forward to better days ahead. I can read that over and over and over again. (laughs) The true cost, if we choose not to hope in God because of disappointment and deferred hope in the past, The truth is, there's a cost. It's totally crippling and absolutely faithless. That's the cost. Hope in its truest form is to trust for the best. Optimistically expect a good outcome. Anticipate a blessed journey. Looking forward to better days ahead. Hope in in its purest form, not just its truest form, but its purest form, is best approached with open hands. It's hope after all. 
So it's based on trust. Hope in its essence is the fact we're trusting God. And it's actually something that all of us have in some way, shape, or form. We drive every day and we say, I hope the light doesn't change. You know, I hope that guy stays in his lane. We're, we're, we have a, a propensity to hope about things in life that we're trying to control. But God says, this is about trust. This is about you trusting me with your journey, with your adventure, with your life. The life that I knew before you were born. The life that I wrote things down in a book about because I had purpose and plan for you. The purpose that is still unfolding in your life that's not yet finished. So it's hope in its purest form is best approached with open hands. It's called hope for a reason. Based on trust, not a signed contract promising delivery. God is not going to just give you a signed contract from heaven and say, here you go, this is what you hope for. I wrote, wrote it down so that nothing can go wrong. Here you go. You know, the reality is, I'm sorry, but, you know, even the best contracts can go wrong. But, you know, the truth is that God does not do that because God knows that there's other parts involved in the playing out of our hope adventure. And quite often those other parts are the other moving parts all around us called the body of Christ or the family or the people that we connect with or the people that we put our hopes in sometimes apart from God. Mm-hmm. And God says, you know, you start doing that, then you're going to be disappointed more and more often. So you've got to always come back to hoping in God. For us, our hope is not placed on some mystical force out there in the universe. Our hope is placed on a person whose name is Jesus, and he, along with the Father and the Spirit, promised to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. That's what he says in Scripture. He gives us that promise, but we have to be prepared to trust him when things don't go the way we expect. We have to choose the way of hope. Not always easy, I know. So it's definitely in our best interest to choose the way of hope, even when our hope in the past have been deferred. If we choose not to hope again, then let's be honest here. In a life without hope, it's destined to be lived in pessimism, frustration, even loneliness. Because we disconnect from God, we disconnect from community, we disconnect from people that can help us, we disconnect from all the moving parts that God puts around us to even bring and inject hope into our situation. So you think about it. If we get to the point where we have hope deferred and we stop engaging in anything to do with building hope, then what do we do? We get to the point where we no longer hear people speaking hope into our lives, into our hearts. That can happen in church life. That can happen in family life. That can happen in any circumstance where we need that injection of hope. So, you know, I see it as part of my responsibility, part of my job, is to inject hope everywhere I can. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the truth. Keep speaking the fact that if we don't put these principles in action, if we don't believe in hope and the things that God says in his word, then we ultimately slide into these places of bitterness. We become bitter. We become unbelieving. We become doubtful. We become fearful. We become anxious, stressed out of our minds, hanging out with Murphy and sharing his mantra. Whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. Come on, you've all heard it before. Yeah, Murphy goes everywhere. I'm convinced that guy turns up wherever you allow him to show up. You see, ultimately a hope, a heart that chooses not to hope again because of previous hopes deferred will remain sick. I don't like to be the bearer of bad news, but that is actually the truth. I have seen it played out over and over and over again. Healing only comes through hoping again. Healing only comes through hoping again. I was reminded of this great story in the Bible where an individual could have allowed deferred hope to stop her choosing the way of hope when presented with the most important opportunity 
of our life. So point number one tonight is this. Choose the way of hope even when it looks like your situation is getting worse. The story is probably familiar to all of you, but as I, I, read, I read it tonight, I want you to please note how this woman tried absolutely everything over a 12-year period in her hopes to get well. Hope had been deferred for 12 years, but because she remains hopeful, her heart has not become sick, even though her body remains sick up to this point. So let's read it out of Mark chapter 5. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, and then it goes on to say, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Isn't that, to me, the great setup that happens in life for a hope deferred on a heart-sick situation? She had hoped and hoped and hoped and hoped and hoped and hoped for 12 years. But instead of getting better, she got worse. Now, to me, this brings new clarity to that statement. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you know, the good news often follows on the tail of bad news because sometimes we think to ourselves, my breakthrough hasn't come. My hope hasn't been answered. My hope is indeed been deferred for so long. I have believed, I have prayed, I have had so many ministry sessions, I've had everything that I've done, and hope deferred gets us to the point where we no longer choose the way of hope. We just give up. We say, I don't believe it's going to get any better. Let me tell you something. This woman had been walking through this suffering for 12 years. She was an outcast from society because women who were bleeding in this way were actually seen as unclean, so no, no person could come near her. She had to be, uh, people would walk around her in a, in a marketplace. She always knew that she was being marked and targeted as someone who was unclean. She was an outsider. But the reality is she never lost hope. Otherwise, this story wouldn't be in the Bible. So I want to tell you something tonight. No matter what your story looks like, no matter how you think it's getting worse instead of better, can I tell you something? God is not finished yet, and hope is still the answer. Hope is still your answer. You can still have the breakthrough. You can still have the healing. You can still see God bring the deliverance. You can still see God bring the provision. You can see God do all the things that he promises in his word. All you have to do is keep coming and asking and believing in faith that you are going to be heard and that God's going to work according to his will. And it's not always his will to be able to say to you, well, I'm not going to heal you. I'm not going to restore you. But there is a time and a season. I don't know what those are. And I can't even say why some people have to wait for these lengths of time for things to happen happen. But the reality is, if you stop hoping, it's probably never going to happen. But if you keep hoping, and you keep asking, and you keep believing, then the opportunity could present itself like it did today for this woman. And you could find your healing and your freedom. So choosing, number two is this, choosing the way of hope is a faith step. And faith comes by hearing about Jesus. Uh, You know, as I was reading this story, I see this. No evidence whatsoever that a woman had ever seen Jesus do a miracle. We have no evidence that she actually had seen the working hand of Jesus. But she know, you know one thing it says in Scripture, she heard about Jesus. Can I tell you something? You've heard about Jesus. You've heard about Jesus. You might not have seen the miracles. You may not have seen the things that you've hoped for in life in that regard, but you've heard about him. 
And that's all that she had. That was all that she was hanging on to. She'd heard about a man that had done these great things. Just like we have read about a man in the Bible who's done these great things. And we keep coming to him and saying, God, I know that you're the healer. I know you're the deliverer. I know you're the provider. I know that you can do abundantly more than I can ask or imagine. But what I see here in this situation is that without hesitation, hope stepped out in faith. And then we take a look at her thoughts for the bold step. Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, listen, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Maybe you know that's hope. That's hope personified right there. A woman who has been through the, the wars, through so many discouraging things in her life. She's in a, in a place where she hears about Jesus and she sees the crowd and she's not even thinking about the crowd now. All she's thinking about, I want to go touch that man's garment. Because if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Point number three, with hope anchored to the mercy seat, hope can be rewarded with instant answers, even without any initial interaction with Jesus. So when I was listening to Margaret bringing that word about the armor thing tonight, I thought, you know, sometimes we forget that our God is so gracious and compassionate that this mercy seat is so accessible that you don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to be someone who's got everything worked out. You just have to be someone who says, I know that Jesus is the solution. I'm going to approach him. I'm going to come to him. And I'm going to believe that even just by touching his garment, that's going to be enough for me. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Can you imagine that moment for that woman? Can you believe that you know this could not have happened if she hadn't have hope? If she had deferred the hope over the years and years and years of rejection, if hope had been deferred in her life and she had got to a point where she didn't believe anymore or have any faith anymore, she would have disregarded that guy called Jesus because she would have said, I've tried everything. Why would I go and try that? But by faith, hope stepped out. And her greatest prayer was answered. And that, of course, brings us to point number four. Choosing the way of hope puts us on course for a life-changing moment with Jesus. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? And then his disciples, they say, yeah, hey, Jesus, uh, you see the people crowding around you? I mean, yet you ask, like, who touched you? Who touched your clothes? Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking. Why was he, why was he looking? Why not just move on? Why not just say, hmm, well, somebody got what they needed. And then just, <laughs> and just moved on. Just say, well, okay, whatever. Because the ultimate goal of Jesus' ministry is to connect face-to-face with people. To let them know that he's accessible anytime. That he can be the solution for that moment when you think that nothing is ever going to change in your life. He can be the one that you can approach at any given time and that he is gracious and compassionate. And he's not about to say, I'm going to take that away again. (laughs) He actually is so impacted by this woman that her life is transformed and changed from this moment on. Not just her body physically healed, but now she has a sense of, wow, God has actually 
spoken to me. Jesus actually spoke to me. Jesus is actually, he's okay with me. And I'm okay with him. Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened in her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Point number five, the woman chose the way of hope and she received the fulfillment of her greatest hope. Because listen to this. Jesus actually called her a daughter, meaning that she was already a Jew and she could have allowed her misconceptions of God over 12 years of suffering to actually stop her going and approaching this man of God, this man of faith. Deferred hope could have made her heart so sick that she would not have had the confidence or the desire to approach another man of God. Because actually, when you think about it, it was the religious of the day who had ostracized her and set her aside because she was unclean according to the Jewish law. But she put her whole hope on the line one more time. And Jesus acknowledged her faith and fulfilled her greatest hope. He said to her this, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be free from your suffering. So my hope today is, you know, even as we adventure with Jesus and we go through all kinds of disappointments in life and all kinds of struggles, all kinds of challenges that didn't work out the way that perhaps we expected, can I just tell you something? We need to choose the way of hope. It is the best way forward. It is the way that can bring solutions and it can bring about the answers that we hope for. We can't get those answers anywhere else. So why would we go anywhere else? Let's continue to keep going to the Lord himself and saying, Jesus, I know that you're the healer. Jesus, I know that you can set me free. Jesus, I know that I can take off my armor because you give me what I need in life. You have given me a new life, a new identity, and I can go in peace and be freed from my suffering. So my hope today is that you will hope afresh in the Lord. That's my encouragement to you. My hope for you today is that you will listen to what the Word says. Listen to the Scripture. Listen to this woman's heart. Listen to what she did. And then be able to say, I want to make that choice today. I want to put my hope in the Lord, regardless of what it looks like. Put my hope in the Lord. So let's pray. Father, I pray tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you give us what we need in every season. Thank you, Lord, that you know exactly what we need here tonight. Lord, you know what every person in this room needs. You know what every person, Lord, in this room has gone through in the past. You know where hope has been deferred. You know where armor has been put on and doesn't fit. Lord, you know all these things. You know every single detail about our lives. And, Lord, you want to bring freedom into our lives. And so, Lord, I pray tonight that, Lord, we will just be open to you, speaking into our lives, into our hearts, into our minds, giving us a new, fresh perspective on the journey ahead. Lord, so that we know that we can trust you in Jesus' name. Amen.